This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. So we're in the middle of uh, Luke 21, in the middle of the so-called Olivet Discourse. Uh, the Olivet Discourse is, so just reminding us of what's going on, Jesus has made his way to Jerusalem. He's, we're literally in the last week now, uh, before the, 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 the cross and before his resurrection from the dead. And uh, Jesus is up on the Mount of Olives, hence the name Olivet Discourse. And his disciples came to him and they basically asked him some questions about the future. And Jesus has been talking about what was in the future as far as the disciples are concerned. And uh, we've got to a point now where for us, there's stuff that's in the past, but there's stuff that's still in the future. So today we're going to be talking about the stuff that's still in the future. Um, it's a longer message than normal alright so normally I preach for about 25-30 minutes I think it's probably going to be more like 40 minutes uh, today because we're covering a lot of ground Um, and I was just reminded of a couple of scriptures we don't have them on the slides but um, Peter makes this analogy the apostle Peter makes this analogy of the word of God being like milk he talks about desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby that's from the A.V. Um, And Paul picks up the theme a little bit in Hebrews, and he says this, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use of their senses exercise discern both good and evil. And that's Hebrews 5, 13 and 14. So we're going to have solid food today, right? so somebody once said maybe a three-course meal here. I don't know. I can't quite see the start and the dessert, but hey, here we go. Um, <clears throat> so at the end of uh, Sue's message last week, she ended on, on uh, this passage, uh, which is the one before. So this is 21-24, and obviously we're going to be doing 21-25, because 25 comes after 24. You didn't know that, did you? Um, Jesus speaking, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So here we have a a period of time. We don't know how long it is. Um, uh, Sue pointed out for us that the times of the Gentiles do not yet appear to be fulfilled. So effectively, we're still in this period of time. So if you like, we're still in verse 24. Okay, so for us today, we're not yet in verse 25. Okay, but I will be sharing on 25 in a moment. But I think it is important to pick up on the parallel passages because Matthew and Mark also have the same Olivet Discourse. It's the longest speech Jesus gave in the final week that's recorded in the Synoptics, okay? The Synoptic Gospels being Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, 
And Sue touched on it last week. She talked about this expression that's used in Matthew's Gospel, which is the, the abomination that makes desolate. Now, let's take, just take a look at that Matthew 24 verse. I've got it here somewhere, yeah. So Matthew 24, 15 and 16 says this, Therefore, he's speaking to his disciples, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. Now, Jesus didn't say, whoever reads, let him understand. Okay, I, I can't imagine he said that to his disciples. Because he's talking, isn't he? So, <laughs> listen and understand. So, presumably Matthew put that in. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, Luke doesn't mention this. Luke talks about when you see Jerusalem surrounded, then flee to the mountains. And uh, the thing that Sue pointed out to us last week is that maybe Jesus is answering, answering a different question. Maybe he's talking about this is still in the future for us. So there's two views, okay, there's two views. One is that this happened in 70 AD. The abomination of desolation, the abomination that makes desolate happened in 70 AD. Some people thought it's from the uh, prophet Daniel. Some people thought it had already been fulfilled. Because um, Daniel wrote hundreds of years before Jesus and there was this character called Antiochus Epiphanes who put a pig into the temple. Um, so people thought that was the fulfillment. So when Jesus says to his disciples, let him who reads understand, well, he didn't say that, Matthew put it in. When that said, it's basically reminding us this was not filled, fulfilled by the, that guy 200 years or whatever it was before Christ. It's still to be fulfilled. Some Christians believe it's fulfilled already. Um, if that's true, then the next verse is also true. The next two verses. So Matthew 24, 21 and 22. For then, so after the abomination that makes desolate, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, what's the days that have been shortened? The tribulation days. Unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened so if the abomination that makes desolates already happened then we are in the tribulation okay some people believe that okay i mean six million jews died in the holocaust were murdered basically that's two-thirds of the population of israel today that, for me, seems like tribulation, okay? Um, Christians are dying for their faith every day. Is that tribulation? The problem is it's very hard to prove from history that the abomination makes desolate has already happened, okay? So a lot of Christians believe that's still in the future. So the abomination that makes desolate is still in the future, which means the tribulation is still in the future, and as you know, some Christians teach um, a seven-year tribulation period, which will be the worst the world has ever seen. So which interpretation? You pick. <laughs> okay, you pick. Uh, all I'm saying is it's very hard 
to demonstrate that the abomination of desolation has already occurred. Okay, although at times it feels like uh, tribulation. But then some people say it's going to be much, 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 much worse than that. Okay. See what I mean? That can't be the dessert, can it? You know, that, that's got to be... <coughs> I don't know. That's, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't go there, Dave. <laughs> so, um, so... Uh, some people believe it's already done. Some people believe it's still in the future. So we've got this temple that's still in the temple, excuse me. We've got this abomination that makes desolate that's still in the future. This tribulation event that's still in the future. Um, and then we get to the verse in Matthew 24 that brings us to the same point that we are in in Luke. So Matthew 24, 29. So immediately after the tribulation of those days. So immediately after the tribulation of those days. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So we're looking at the, that from Luke 21 and we have this. Luke 21, 25 to 26. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon and in the stars. And on the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Astonishing stuff, isn't it? These signs in heaven that are taking place. And as I say, this is for the future, but one thing we can say with absolute confidence, all right? What Jesus said about the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD happened. Okay, he was spot on. <laughs> as you would expect. <laughs> so, these events will take place. Okay, we just don't know when. So, when will the sun be darkened and the moon not give its light? It will happen. It will happen at some point in the future. Um, now, <clears throat> interestingly, you can read about the sun being darkened and the moon not giving its light from the Old Testament as well as from the New and it's quite interesting that Peter on the day of Pentecost, you remember, Pentecost is five weeks later. Okay, so Jesus is having this conversation. Is it 40 days, isn't it? 40 days from uh, Passover to Pentecost, that's right. Um, disciples are in their upper room. They're praying, just 120 of them, okay? Three years of ministry and there's just 120 people in this upper room. The, the Spirit of God falls on them comes on them and then in them. That had not happened before. So then you've got all these disciples falling out of this place and people just think they're drunk. It's nine in the morning. So Peter stands up to explain what's going on. He has no testament, he has no New Testament that he can preach from. So he preaches out of the Old Testament and he preaches from the book of Joel. And I'm going to be reading effectively part of Peter's speech, which is in the book of Acts, although he's actually quoting from Joel chapter 2, 2 and 3 actually. Um, okay, uh, no, not Revelations, Dave, not quite yet. Here we go. So Peter speaking, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. So I'm not quite sure which I am, an old man. Do I see visions or do I dream dreams? <laughs> I think I dream dreams, so probably an old man. <clears throat> okay, that's Acts 2.16. But note what Peter's saying here. He's saying, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is that which was spoken of. And he goes on, in the last days. So people say, are we in the last days? The last days started on the day of Pentecost. The last days started on the day of Pentecost. Because he says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days. Anyway, he goes on. Uh, Acts 2, 19 and 20. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So these signs are a prelude to the coming of Jesus. And later on, as we're looking in Luke, uh, we'll, we'll be looking at Jesus coming back too. Um, so again, we get the same thing in Revelations. People say, I don't understand Revelations. Well, just read Revelations and then just see where you see those things in other places. So Revelation 6.12 says this. Um, I looked when he had opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Revelation 6, 12 and 13. So here we have a fixed point okay, in the prophecy. So Matthew 24, we're at this point. Uh, Luke 21, we're at this point. Uh, Joel 2, Revelation 6. We're now at a fixed point where we're seeing these signs. So what are they? Well, David, it's obvious it's an eclipse. Well, is it an eclipse? Is it an eclipse? If the sun, if the moon turns dark, is that an eclipse? Because when an eclipse happens, the moon is between the earth and the sun. Hmm. So what is it then? Okay, speculation warning. All right, Dave is now speculating. Okay, so Dave is not teaching. Dave is speculating. Um, I think I guess the most common speculation at the moment is probably this. Um, this is the prelude to some kind of super flare or our sun having a, a, a micronova event. So what do I mean? You're looking at me all very blankly. I don't blame you. So basically what, what can happen is you can get um, dust and accretion that gathers around the sun. So our sun's this ball of fire in the sky. Um, we're not flat, we're round. We go round it, okay? Um, but you can get this dust and stuff which gathers around the sun and then the sun decides it's had enough and explodes more basically and it kicks off this dust and dirt and you get like a super flare or a micronova event. Um, if that was to happen with the electronic equipment we have, we'd almost be in the Stone Age. Um, so is this going to happen soon? I don't believe so. Is it going to happen in the next year or two years? Um, I don't think so. Um, maybe next five years or something, or ten years perhaps. Who knows, maybe. Is it going to happen in a hundred years' time? Probably not that long, but I'm guessing. As I said, I'm speculating now, okay? I'm not, that's not word. All we can see from the word is that the sun becomes dark 
In Revelations, it talks about like sackcloth. Um, so stuff is going to happen, and it will happen. So in the light of that, what sort of people need we be? In terms of how hard we hang on to stuff in this place. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be burnt by fire. Okay, uh, Isaiah 13 talks of the earth wobbling on its axis. Some people think the earth's going to move out of its orbit. I mean, it's horrendous things are in store. But that should change how we are today. So that's why, you know, some Christians don't look at prophecy. I think prophecy is important because it tells you what's down the road. And if this stuff's down the road, then what sort of people need we to be right now? Now, one of the messages further on in Luke is, of course, Jesus talks about watching and praying and, you know, being, being aware of what's going on and stuff. So, you know, I won't steal somebody else's thunder. But for me, there's a clear exhortation for us here. Hang on loosely, people, to the stuff that's going on around us. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so then uh, there's, this, there's all this fear going on back in the Luke 21, 25. And it, it, with these signs going on in the sky, you can understand that, can't you? Um, if you read on in the Revelation 6 passage, it says this. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up. And every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? So there's stuff going on in the world and... That's why people's hearts are trembling. I, I don't think, I don't think pe- people's hearts are trembling now. Of course they are. But, and it's bad now, okay? Don't get me wrong. But things are going to get a lot worse if going by these passages here. Um, you can read further on in Revelations. I mean, basically, there's stuff falling out of the sky that's like 50 kilo rocks. So it's hardly surprising that people are hiding in caves when you've got 50 kilo rocks falling out of the sky. Are we going to be there for that? I don't believe we are. I believe the church will be out of there by then. But I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. So, sorry it's so encouraging, this message. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... um, There's a sequence of events that must take place. As I say, I don't believe they're around the corner. I do believe they're a little way off for us. However, we do need to have a loose grip, and the challenge is on us to share the gospel. We carry a passport of another another place. Okay, we are citizens of another planet. Not another planet. Careful, Dave. Why are you teaching? No, no, no. I didn't say that. Okay, wipe it off the tape. Okay, tape. Now that really dates me, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Definitely dreams. I, definitely <laughs> dreams, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was trying to work out whether I got, had this whole tape machine here, yeah, yeah. Not a video recorder, one that plays tapes. And I, I, I was umming and eyeing whether I had... No, Dave, you've got to take it to the dump, okay? <laughs> it must go to the dump and make room in your garage now. Okay. So we got these, this sequence of events happening, and then we get to Luke 21 in verse... 
27. Um, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in cloud with power and great glory. And, you know, we sung some amazing choruses about Jesus coming back. And that's, hold our eyes on this, okay? We lift up our eyes to the hills from whence comes our help, which was the the psalm that Vicky quoted at the beginning. Then they will see, who's the day? Well, it's people are alive at this point in time, okay? Whether any of us see it or not, who knows? All right. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So the first thing to notice here, it's a physical return. Okay, some of the cults talk about uh, Jesus has already come back. Okay, there's some people that have the view that most of the, all the prophecies in Luke 21 are fulfilled. Uh, But you can only say that if you believe Jesus has come back in some invisible way, which is plainly nonsense. Okay. Um, Acts 1, 9 to 11 says this. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, uh, he was taken up, that's Jesus, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So, what's being said here? Jesus, they're on the Mount of Olives. Okay? This is where Jesus is having the Olivet Discourse. They're on the Mount of Olives. Jesus has uh, risen from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples. He's appeared to loads of different people. And he's now ascending into heaven. He's literally gone up. And the guys are staring. Hey, hey guys, where, where'd he go? Um, and these two angels, we assume they're angels, basically just say, hey, he'll come back in like manner. So what does like manner mean? It means that he will physically come out of the sky and he will come onto the Mount of Olives. Okay, Zechariah says this. Zechariah 14, speaking of that day when Jesus comes back and puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. And your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. This is a future event. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. As he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. Which faces Jerusalem on the east And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. So Jesus will come and plump his feet on the Mount of Olives. Uh, The Mount of Olives will be split in two and he will fight these armies that that are arrayed against Jerusalem at this point in the future. Okay. A future event. It will happen. Okay. Now, as Sue reminded us last week, that in 70 AD, uh, when Jesus, in, earlier in Luke, Jesus said to his disciples, when you see Jerusalem surrounded, get out of Judea. The Christians got out. The Jews did not get out of Jerusalem. And I think they didn't get out because of Zechariah. They, they thought Messiah... They hadn't recognized Jesus. They thought Messiah would come at that point. 
Um, so he will come. Jesus will come again. As sure as sure. We have the word of God. We have his word. Uh, <clears throat> so, one of the reasons why I don't think the abomination that makes desolate has, been, has happened yet is in the book of Daniel, uh, it's connected with a character called the Antichrist. Now, pop your hand up if you've heard of a, a character called the Antichrist. Okay, just a few, all right. Um, so when people talk about Antichrist, they always think of the opposite to Christ. Well, it will be, in one sense. Uh, but if you like, this will be Lucifer's man. Okay, this will be Satan's man or woman. Um, a lot of Christians think he will be a man of peace. Uh, some Christians think he will negotiate some sort of peace deal in the Middle East. But the abomination that makes desolate is connected with the Antichrist in the book of Daniel. Okay? As far as we know, although some evangelical Protestants would argue with me, as far as we know, the Antichrist has not yet appeared. Okay? Uh, you can read in 1 John, that speaks of the spirit of Antichrist. So we know the spirit of Antichrist is at work. But there's a sp specific individual... And we can read this in 2 Thessalonians uh, 2. For the mystery of lawless, lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So when Jesus returns... He, he comes in victory, he destroys these armies around Jerusalem, and he destroys the Antichrist. Game over, player one. Okay, it's all right. We've read the end. We win. Amen. Okay, now, we, we could stop there. Okay, we know Jesus comes back physically, and uh, he's coming back in victory, but there's a problem. The problem is that uh, the early church taught to live in the imminency that Jesus could come back at any moment. Okay? So, uh, Revelations 1.3 says this, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Okay, that was written. Revelations 1 was probably written... Uh, there's arguments about it, obviously, but about 90 AD. The time is near. Uh, James says this in 5.8. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I don't know when James wrote that, 65, something like that, I don't know. So, there's plenty of other passages that we could look at. So, so how can you square these things up? Because obviously... Okay, we're, wait, we're waiting for the sun to go dark. And only after that will Jesus come back, right? Okay. So we've got a few years to wait then. But we're encouraged to live in the imminency that Jesus could come back at any moment. So that's where you have this discussion or debate about something called the rapture. Okay. So who has heard the expression rapture? 
Okay, a few more hands went up then. Okay. So, the rapture... Well, let's just read about it. That's going to be the easiest thing, isn't it? So, 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Uh, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Now, asleep is metaphor, okay? Because when a Christian... Christians don't die anymore, okay? When you get born again, you don't die. You fall asleep. And in fact, it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay, so we leave this thing behind. You need one of these to be here. This is earth suit. Okay, you're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Your body's your earth suit. You need one of these to get around here. If you don't have one of these or it packs up, you're in trouble. Okay, because then you've got to go home and be with Jesus. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's right. That's basically it, isn't it? Okay, all right. Now, we will, we, will, we will get a special one of these, which is the last verse in Luke, okay? But I haven't quite got there yet. So when he talks about falling asleep, he's talking about dying, basically. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him, with who? With Jesus... Those who sleep in Jesus. So Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back with people that have been asleep. Okay? Uh, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede or prevent those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, so the expression there for being caught up is the Greek harpazio. And it's essentially that's where we get rapture from it's this idea of being snatched away basically so different christians view the timing of this event at different different things so all all i'm going to teach you is the plain reading of the text okay you can read the text and decide for yourself some christians think it's going to happen before the antichrist appears some christians believe it'll happen before the tribulation Some Christians believe it'll happen in the middle of the tribulation. Some Christians believe it'll happen at the end of the tribulation. Uh, Some Christians believe it'll happen literally when Jesus comes back. So when Jesus comes back, puts his feet on a mount of olives, well, he's coming down and we're going up to meet him. I guess we all come down at the same time. So, yeah. What we can say with confidence is this will happen. Okay. Will a rapture occur, Dave? Absolutely yes. When will it occur? Well, depends on your personal point of view. Okay. So I'm not going to teach on it because I don't think it's that clear cut. I think depending on which view you take, each has its own problems. Um, so you can read it for yourself. <laughs> I'm going to duck that one. Okay, finally. Uh, For when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Well, hang on a minute, Brother Dave. We're already redeemed, aren't we? 
And what does it mean when these things begin to happen? So earlier on in Luke, he's talking about battles and wars, rumors of wars. And he says, at that point, he says, don't worry. Okay, the time is not by and by, as it says in the AB. It's not yet. Okay, wars and rumors of war. Hey, stay cool. All right, don't worry about it. Now he's saying, when these things begin to happen, so what's the things that begin to happen? I think it's when times of the Gentiles are coming to an end. Uh, If we see the abomination that makes desolate, or if we see the sun getting dark, then plainly we know we're in the the closing phases here. Now, what does it mean when it says your redemption draws near? Because we are already redeemed, all right? You agree with me? We're already redeemed. So... This thing, uh, if Jesus tarries, okay, we're all going to die, all right, uh, before, uh, before he gets back. Well, unless he gets back next year, year after, 10 years' time, 20 years' time. Um, so we need a glorified one of these, okay? So if you like, our bodies have not been redeemed yet. Uh, Romans uh, 8 says this not only that but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption the redemption of our body and Ephesians yeah let's do that Ephesians 1 says this in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside you to live. And he is proof that your body will one day be glorified. And and just closing with this passage from 1 Corinthians. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So I know some people think it's, uh, there are certain festivals in Israel, isn't there, where they blow the shofar horn. And I think some people think it's the, the last one of those horns that's being blown. It's God's trumpet, okay? So when you hear God's trumpet, we're out of here, okay? We're out of here. And the, the moment, the twinkling of an eye, it's literally the, you can't divide time anymore. It, it's literally the smallest divisible part of time. And we're translated out of here, okay? And I think at this point, you'll just, if you're still here when he comes back, you'll just watch heaven roll back. And you'll just see him coming with all the angels and you'll just be looking up and you're there I'll be like that (laughs) (laughs) stunning stuff and you'll be coming with all the people that we've lost on the way which is encouraging to me